Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. One of our listeners writes in today and they have a great question. Why are there so many Christian interpretations? But well, one reason there's so many Christian interpretations is there a lack of understanding what biblical interpretation is, and many Christians also do not listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Scripture teaches in Ephesians 4-5 that there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And such teaching helps Christians understand the unity that is theirs because they're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 4.3, Paul makes an appeal to Christians for the character qualities of humility, meekness, patience, and love, which are necessary for the preservation of unity. Paul in 1 Corinthians 2.10 teaches that the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God by which he reveals and teaches those whom he indwells. Such a process is what theologians call illumination, where the Holy Spirit helps the people of God interpret the scriptures. Every Christian is to read and study the Word of God correctly, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, in prayerful dependence upon the illumination of the Holy Spirit. And so in the real world, not everyone who possesses the Holy Spirit obeys the teaching of Scripture itself. There are Christians, Paul says in Ephesians 4.30, who grieve the Holy Spirit. And as we've said, one reason there are many different interpretations of Scripture is some do not listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. But some other reasons include unbelief. Some Christians who label themselves Christians are, are not necessarily are not Christians, for there has been no real transformation in either their hearts or in their lives. It's impossible for the non-Christian to correctly interpret Scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, for they have no illumination of Scripture itself. Which is why even being a pastor or a theologian does not guarantee one's salvation. In fact, in in, uh, John 12, 28 through 29, Jesus prays, Father, glorify your name. And the Father responds with an audible voice that everyone hears. Even so, the crowd interprets the voice differently. Our text says, the crowd that was there and heard it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Everyone heard the same thing, a plain statement from heaven, and yet everyone heard what they wanted to hear. Well, the second reason is a lack of training. 2 Timothy 2.15 teaches there are no shortcuts to proper biblical interpretation but to study the word. In fact, one example of this is Apollos, who was a powerful and a persuasive preacher, but who was ignorant of Jesus and salvation. Aquila and Priscilla took him aside, Acts 18, 24-28 says, and explained to him the way of God more adequately. As a result of their training, Apollos preached Christ from the word of God. The third reason is a wrong emphasis on tradition. Where biblical interpretation goes wrong is when it's, when it's not first filtered through the word, but established traditions of the church. In fact, concerning tradition and the teaching of the Bible, far too often tradition is given the place of prominence. And when this happens, the authority of the word is diminished and the authority of the church leader's opinions, not the word of God, are given supremacy. Well, Christians need to prioritize what scripture teaches, uh, but avoid being dogmatic about where scripture is silent. The best example to follow is the early church in Jerusalem in Acts 2.42, 
where there was unity because there was steadfastness on the Apostles' Creed. You see, today there can be unity in the church, but not apart from biblical doctrine, and only when we're grounded in the Word of God. During the Reformation, the Reformers aimed to put a stop to speculative and wrong interpretations of Scripture by setting forth the analogy of faith, which means Scripture is its best own best interpreter. Christians, according to this rule of biblical interpretation, are to interpret Scripture according to Scripture. You see, Scripture, according to the analogy of faith, is the supreme judge in interpreting the means of a particular verse in light of the whole teaching of Scripture. And behind the idea of the analogy of faith is confidence in the Bible as the consistent and the coherent word of God. So the governing principle of the analogy of faith is to guide biblical interpretation. Census literus is the principle that governs an objective interpretation of Scripture. Census literus means that Christians must interpret the Bible in the sense that it's given. For example, parables are to be interpreted as parables, symbols as symbols, poetry as poetry, historical narrative as historical narrative, and letters as letters. Well, let's talk about literal interpretation and the clarity of Scripture. See, challenging biblical passages are challenging for a reason, but they are to be interpreted in light of the clear biblical passages on the subject. Through Although all the Scripture is clear, not all biblical passages are equally clear. Numerous heresies have erred on that particular point and enforced conformity to the obscure passages rather than to the clear biblical passages. As a result, these heresies have distorted the whole of the Bible. So if something remains unclear in one part of the Bible, it is made clear elsewhere in the Word of God. But let's further say we have, we have two biblical passages that can be interpreted in a variety of ways. In such an instance, we must always interpret the Scripture in such a way as not to violate Scripture's unity and Scripture's integrity. The Bible is to be interpreted literally, which means the Word of God is not to be handled as a secret code book to unlock the world's secret mysteries. Christians are to read the Bible like any other work of literature. In doing so, our goal is to read the Bible correctly. Uh, by reading the Bible literally, we're, we're accounting for the intent of the biblical authors and literary conventions of the particular style that they use to address Bible readers. For example, we do not read poetry in the same way that we would read historical narratives of Scripture. For poetry employs rich imagery that serves as a figurative depiction of reality. So the historical narratives, they give an orderly account of what exactly happened. As Christians, we read the Bible literally. The goal in doing so is to get to the plain meaning of the text and to arrive at the meaning of the biblical passage. The Holy Spirit, in inspiring the Word of God, guided human authorities to employ literary styles such as poetry, proverb, narrative, sermon, epistle, and many other styles. The Lord used these genres so that the people of God would know that He gave them to us for His Word. And while there are rules for each of these genres, we are not to violate them for the sake of allegorical readings that do not connect with the meaning of the biblical text. Well, why does this matter, you might ask? It's a good question at this point. Reading the Bible is critical for Christians, but we're supposed to do so according to proper hermeneutics, which is the art and science of biblical interpretation, taking into account the various literary styles. You see, if we fail on this, we're going to get the wrong meaning of the biblical text. The plain meaning of a passage is best for reading poetry as poetry, narrative as narrative. We will get to the meaning that is controlled by the text and arrive at the proper interpretation and 
the application of the biblical passage. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.